0: Praise Lord, for Thy great plan That we thy place may be
1: Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, provided by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Witness Lee. Witness Lee was captured by the Lord Jesus as a young man of 19 in his native China. He consecrated his life to preach the gospel and later labored side by side with Watchman Nee for parts of three decades before eventually bringing this ministry to the West in 1962. He spent the next 35 years speaking to Christians in North America and all over the world before going to be with the Lord in 1997. The life study of the Bible is his most significant contribution to the heritage of biblical exposition and we're delighted to be able to bring you short portions of his spoken ministry today. If you have questions or comments, or would like to find other Christians in your area enjoying this same ministry, just email us, radio at lsm.org. Again, that's radio at lsm.org. Here's today's program. Deuteronomy begins with Moses reviewing 40 years of history to the assembled children of Israel, Kadesh Barnea, Kadesh Barnea is at the gate of Canaan in the very place where they had arrived some 38 years before. Deuteronomy chapter 1 says, Then we set out from Horeb and went through all that great and awesome wilderness which you saw on the way to the hill country of the Amorites, just as Jehovah our God had commanded us. And we came to Kadesh Barnea, and I said to you, See, Jehovah your God has set the land before you. Go up, possess it. As Jehovah, the God of your fathers, has spoken to you, do not fear, neither be dismayed. Yet you would not go up, rather, you rebelled against the word of Jehovah your God. The unbelief and disobedience that the people showed on that day caused their fathers to falter and not go in to possess the land. Francis Ball has joined us today as we see Moses now preparing a new generation to overcome that past and to be strong, to enter and possess the good land. Francis, welcome back to the program.
2: Thank you very much, Chris. It's always a pleasure to be here with you.
1: Francis, uh, we've kind of set the stage here. I think before we go on today, it would be helpful if we had a little review of this, uh, what's commonly referred to as a 40-year period. Actually, it was 38 years that they were delayed in going into the good land. What was happening during this time, and why did it happen?
2: Well, the children of Israel had been brought out of Egypt and crossed the Red Sea, and the Pharaoh who was chasing after them to detain them was overcome by the sea itself, and they had a great deliverance. They came out to Mount Horeb, Sinai, and there the law was given through Moses to the people of Israel. Mm -hmm. So they were living under that law, those Ten Commandments, with all the statutes and ordinances attached to it we read of in Exodus 20 and 21, so on. Right. During that time, they were under the Lord's care going through the wilderness. They didn't have too long a journey ahead of them if they would go direct. And they got brought all the way to the gateway of the promised land, which God had promised to Abraham. And God told them to go on in. Don't be dismayed. And they said, well... How about we send somebody in to check it out first? Uh Let's see what it really looks like and what we should do, how we should get in, and what way we should take. So the Lord agreed with them, and he sent uh, 12 men in, one from each tribe, to go spy out the land. Not all those spies were negative. Uh, Joshua and Caleb, among those spies, were the ones that gave the good report that we can do it. We can take it. The giants there will just be food for us. Right. But they didn't heed the word of the two spies that gave the positive report, but they heeded the ten who said it's, they will uh, overtake us. They're giants and uh, the places. We're not able to do it. So they withdrew. I just see, Chris, in this whole thing, the story of the Christian life, that if we are led by the Lord, taken care of by the Lord. He's promised what He will provide for us. Yet if we don't believe Him and go on in, but we draw back and for fear and for unbelief, unbelief is a very, very dangerous thing in this age. So we will miss what God promised. So the children of Israel had to go back, and they spent 38 years then being dealt with by God's, truthfulness by God's wisdom and even by His loving kindness. God's heart is love toward them. His hand is righteous. Everything He does is is right. But they get dealt with in through those 38 years. But their being dealt with cost the lives of all the men that came out of Egypt. They all died in the wilderness. Now we have another generation that's been born in these 38 years. Now they need to uh, be brought on so we'll see today something more of what the Lord is doing to to get this generation
1: a couple of things Francis that really characterized the people the first time they came and were confronted with these uh, obstacles in the good land uh, the Bible would summarize neatly in to these two categories unbelief certainly which we saw that day And then the matter of the flesh, which repeatedly plagued the children of Israel and the fathers of this generation that's now standing there again, uh, getting prepared to go in. So the Lord was really using this 38-year period to deal with unbelief and the flesh, wasn't he? Right, that's right. in much the same way, the unbelief and the flesh that are such a part of our daily experience also need to be consumed before we enter in fully. That's quite a picture, isn't it? It it really is. Well, uh, let's go back 38 years before. The previous generation now, when they received the law at Mount Horeb or Mount Sinai, that's not all they received as part of the equipment uh, to possess and take possession of what God had intended for them. Two more very critical items, probably these three are sort of the three legs of the Old Testament the law, the tabernacle, with the ark. This threefold revelation was really part of their being equipped, and we'll be reminded of that as we go to witness leave for our first portion today.
0: We begin. With the first section of the book, that is, a review of the past. The journey of the children of Israel began from the Mount of God. That means began from Horeb of Sinai to the entry of the Holy Land. When they are charged to take such a journey, they have already been equipped, firstly, God trained them, equipped them with the knowledge of the law. You know, even you go to do a job in a hotel, in a hospital, or in a company, you need a a kind of orientation. So, firstly, God equipped the children of Israel with the knowledge of the law. That is... The real breathing of God. The soul, the vision of the tabernacle and the ark. This we should interpret in this way. If we are going to take the journey to follow God, to go on to fight for him, we must be equipped with the revelation of Christ, the tabernacle, and the church ark. The ark is not the ark of Noah, but the ark within the tabernacle that is in the Holy of Holies. That is a type of Christ. The tabernacle, God dwelling, is a type of the church. So we have to be equipped with a gold revelation concerning the church and Christ. Then, after seeing the revelation, Concerning tabernacle and ark, they builded that tabernacle. So they have participated in the building up of God dwelling place on earth. It is the same with us. Firstly, we see the revelation concerning Christ and the church. Then we participate, and we are today participating in the present building up of God dwelling place on this earth. These are very meaningful.
1: Francis, we had a tremendous uh, program where we really saw this matter of the law being what was proceeding out of God's mouth, which m- made it equivalent to, equal to Christ, mm-hmm. and also God's very breath. Yeah. Uh, So this was one thing they received, the children of Israel, as they encountered God in the mountain. But following that, there are two more very critical matters that needed first a revelation and then also some participation on their part, didn't it?
2: Yes, that's right, because he showed them. Now, not only the law came out, but also the instruction came out concerning the tabernacle, including the ark. The ark is a type of Christ and the tabernacle is a type of the church. And uh, he showed them this so that uh, these two revelations, the ark and the tabernacle, are really crucial to their revelation at this time. Without this revelation, they wouldn't know how to go forward. So with the law, which is the breath of God, as you pointed out, that's really their ability to take the law was just to breathe it in. right? And then their... What they see when they breathe in this word, which is just Christ himself. We've seen before in previous messages that that word was really identified or interpreted as Christ by the Apostle Paul in the New Testament. So they had the word, which is Christ. They had the ark, which is also another type of Christ. And that ark was in the tabernacle. And that tabernacle is a type of the church. The tabernacle is really an enlargement of the ark. Right. So you can say that Christ the Word, Christ the ark, and Christ the tabernacle, everything for their journey through the wilderness is just Christ being enlarged and built.
1: And these two items, uh, the ark and the tabernacle, were not just items that were to be part of their experience in the wilderness. Really, uh, they were carried into the good land and very much became part of uh, uh, God's purpose for his people in the good land Uh, because, of course, the ark was eventually placed in the temple, and the temple we know was just the enlargement and uh, a more permanent version of the tabernacle. So this is God's purpose for man, the ark, a type of Christ, the tabernacle, a type of Christ, and the Word, which is Christ.
2: Amen. This is really marvelous, because if we get this vision, if we understand what these pictures are here, we realize what we're doing here on earth. We're building the tabernacle, and we're carrying out the services of the tabernacle, and we are really the enlargement of Christ.
1: Well, you mentioned carrying out the service of the tabernacle. Let's uh, touch that for a moment, because that's the subject of our next segment. Uh, After Moses instructed uh, the children of Israel regarding the tabernacle with the ark, a couple of things were needed. First of all, a group of priests were selected, Mm -hmm. uh, beginning with Aaron as the priest and then his sons. And then we found out in Numbers that the males among the children of Israel, 20 years and older, who were suitable for military service, were numbered and formed into an army. Mm -hmm. So we see the tabernacle service by the priests, and the fighting army are also critical components for God's people to accomplish His purpose. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: After seeing the revelation concerning Tabernacle and they were built up as a priesthood to serve God. You have God dwelling, then you need the service. And the service could be only rendered to God by the priesthood. It is by a group of trained people who are the priests serving God in His dwelling place. So you have the tabernacle built up, you have the priesthood also built up. Then the third thing, you have been formed into an army to journey with God and to fight with God. You know their journey was a fighting journey. All the time they were fighting on the way, but you must be formed into an army. Firstly, you have to be built up as the dwelling of God, then also you have to be built up as the serving unit. Then you have also been formed into a priestly army. So they are children of Israel They did have three statuses. They were the dwelling place of God. They were the priesthood. They were the army. And they were journeying on the earth, but under the heavenly leading. God is taking the lead in the cloud above them. It is not something that was on the earth who uh, took the lead, but the very God who is in heaven. He took the lead of their journey, from the Mount of Jehovah, that is, from Mount Herob, starting from that. Now, what is our Mount? Today, what is the Mount of God to us? The place where you are equipped, and you are built up, and you are formed. That is the spot you begin your journey. This indicates that if you have never been equipped and never been built up, you have nowhere to start your journey. So, you have to leave Mount Herob, the Mount of God. You have to enter into the good land God promised to your fathers.
1: Francis, a number of uh, his words here. Struck me, but let's talk about uh, this threefold status that the people of God enjoy, or at least should enjoy, uh, the three things that were mentioned that really are our portion, our status.
2: Well, I would say, Chris, that the first thing we need to see is we need to be equipped. And uh, this equipping is uh, having uh, the right arrangements for uh, building to be built up, build up the tabernacle. So there's a need for the equipping of the children of Israel, for the building up of the tabernacle. And then there needs to be the priests that are taking care of the service of the tabernacle. All the offerings and things like that that are introduced there and also in previous books, we have the offerings that are to be offered, those to be handled by the priest with Aaron and his sons. And then, of course, there's the army. There needs to be an army raised up that can go in and take the land that they're going to. They need to be equipped, they need to be built up, and they need to be an army. Otherwise, they would never be able to go on and be brought even to Kadesh Barnea.
1: This is the thing that really got a hold of me at the end of his speaking here. Uh, The Christian life is often likened to a journey or a path. I think everyone that has been regenerated and born again of God uh, realizes that they're on this kind of a journey. But he said something very striking. He said that if you've never been equipped and have never been built up and have never seen this vision, you have nowhere to start your journey. Uh, this is the starting point, and yet how many of God's people are somewhat wandering, but really not on the journey yet because this this starting point has not been established.
2: That's right. I'm afraid this is the case of many, many of God's people. They hardly know anything about the being equipped and being built up.
1: Well, Francis, we're to our final portion today. The first chapters in this book of Deuteronomy give a very good account of the failure of the people at Kadesh Barnea. Of course, we typically encourage one another not to dwell on our past mistakes, but to go forward. But here is Moses reminding this generation very directly, very specifically, and very vividly of the gross failure and disobedience and unbelief of the previous generation. Listen to these words. And in the wilderness where you have seen that Jehovah your God carried you as a man carries his son in all the way that you went until you came to this place. Yet in spite of this word, you did not believe in Jehovah your God. And Jehovah heard the voice of your words, and he became furious. And the time that we spent in going from Kadesh Barnea until we crossed over the brook Zered was 38 years, until all the generation of the men of war was consumed from the midst of the camp as Jehovah had sworn to them. Mm. He really plants this very... Uh, specifically into the minds and memories of this new generation, doesn't he?
2: He surely does. And this is quite a a benefit if we can review this history because the past here should be a real lesson to these children of Israel, and that's a picture of how the past should be a real lesson to us.
1: Francis, that's what we're going to see in this last segment. Let's go back to Witness Lee.
0: Now we come to the field of the people of Israel at Cades, but near, that was a big failure that caused about two million people all die out in a wandering in the wilderness. God is faithful and his word can never fail. That was his promise. But the children of Israel would not believe in God, neither in God's promise. That offended God. Moses related to them. You have to remember well how God carried you out of Egypt and carried you to Mount Sinai. And from Mount Sinai, God also carried you to Kadesh Barnea through the terrifying wilderness. As he did so much to you, you should have faith in him. But they would not believe. In spite of God's care of them, they would not believe in God, neither in his promise. Not to believe in God is a terrible thing. We have to be careful. The unbelief causes disobedience to God. Why you don't obey God? Just because you don't believe in Him. So we have to start from what? From faith. You know, the New Testament ministry is a ministry of faith. And the New Testament word is the word of faith. So we have to start our Christian life by faith, and we have to start our Christian work by faith. And we have to the church life by faith. Amen. Unbelief is the cause that really damages us. We must not forget our past. In a good sense, we should forget our past. In believing in God, we should forget our past. But in knowing God, in knowing ourselves, we should not forget our past. Our past will help us not to trust in ourselves anymore. But we have to put our trust absolutely in God. We have to learn the lesson not to have any trust in ourselves. What we have is just the flesh, the flesh and the self. We have to learn of them. We have no trust in them. From the beginning of our Christian life, we must begin not to trust in ourselves, but we put our trust all together in him, in the one who is faithful and in the one whose words can never fail.
1: Francis, of all of the things that we may do and feel bad about uh, before the Lord, the one thing that offends him more deeply than anything else is unbelief, and the children of Israel found that out, didn't they?
2: They surely did find that out. And I feel like it's a really a benefit to, uh, to review our past if we are in the presence of the Lord in doing so. Right. So that we don't uh, just use our imagination. In doing that, we need to remember that God's heart is a heart of love. And his ways of dealing with us are righteous. And when he promised, he will perform. So we have every reason to take God at his word. No reason for our unbelief to fall back like the children of Israel did. Now, we review this somewhat, and we realize that we have God's own word, God's promise, so we take His word, we believe Him, and we're saved for going into the good land. This matter of the good land is certainly a big factor with our Christian life, yes. because we've seen already the good land is the all-inclusive Christ. Everything that Christ is, everything that He's done, everything that He's accomplished, every place that He is, everything is in Him and of Him and is actually Christ Himself in our experience. So if we believe that, we will experience Christ in the good land.
1: I really feel like uh, we are getting the benefit of uh, Moses' concern and care for these uh, young ones as he was perfecting them. I really feel each day that we're uh, getting into this life study of Deuteronomy as a kind of a perfecting for all of us. We really see ourselves, don't we, as we look at the past of the children of Israel and then compare it to our own. The flesh and unbelief, uh, we have ample reserve of those ourselves, but yet here is uh a way to put that behind us if we're mindful of it, as you said, before the Lord and really lay hold of him in faith and in believing so that we can possess this good land, the all-inclusive Christ.
2: Chris, I feel like on the one hand, I deserve to be with all those during their journey through the wilderness. On the other hand, I'm full of hope because we've been given a chance to review our past and go on believing in the Lord for what he's provided for us to enjoy everything that he is.
1: Francis, I always appreciate and enjoy your uh, perspective and how you bring it to uh, these messages, and I uh, hope you'll be with us uh, very frequently as we continue our life study of uh, a book like Deuteronomy.
2: Thank you very much. I hope I could come back.
1: Yes, and well, we'll we'll have you back as soon as we can. That's all the time we have for today. And for Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you so much for listening.
0: Dear Lord, we give to Thee, we
2: You've
1: been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Did you know that you can now enjoy the writings of Witness Lee and Watchman Nee on your PC or Mac, tablet, e-reader, or smartphone? Just go to lsm.org slash e to find out more. Again, that's lsm.org slash e And thanks for listening today.
0: Was Jesus simply a great religious leader?
1: The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader. But Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The lamb is for redemption to redeem fallen man back to God. And the dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the lamb and the dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1:29, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm dot org.